Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This Focal Point Friday, we're going to dig into the different ways that we can increase the yield in our gardens just by changing the timing of when we plant. But first, I would like to give a hearty welcome to our newest listeners in the Netherlands. Welcome to the Just Grow Something family. And for the rest of my listeners, just a reminder to share these episodes so other gardeners like you, no matter what country they're in, can find this podcast too. So we've been talking about fall gardening over the past few weeks, and some of the techniques I'm going to talk about fall right in line with planting for fall. So now's a good time to cover some of the terminology and the differences between and benefits of each. These are all techniques that we've used a lot on our farm and in our gardens, and they work well no matter how much garden space you have. In fact, these techniques can actually increase the yield of a small garden substantially. So without further ado, let's dig into succession planting, relay planting, and interplanting. So let's start with succession planting. Essentially, succession planting is simply planting the same crop at several different intervals throughout the growing season. There are multiple ways this can happen, and some of the intervals are just a few weeks, while others are a few months. I'll give you some examples. In the spring, it's the perfect time to plant leafy greens like lettuce. But after a while, the leaf lettuce that you cut and allow to regrow may become leggy or bitter. And you can only harvest a head of lettuce once, even though you may be able to grow some loose leaf from the stalk after you've cut it off. Rather than waiting until you've grown the complete crop, pulling it up and then replanting and having to wait another six weeks to harvest again, you can plant those lettuces successively every two weeks. So picture a raised bed that's dedicated to the spring lettuce. Rather than planting the entire bed to lettuce, then harvesting it all and being overwhelmed with too much lettuce, and then replanting and waiting another six weeks to harvest too much lettuce, or maybe not getting a second crop because it's gotten too hot and it's gotten bitter, let's use succession planting. We'll break the raised bed into three sections and plant the lettuce only in the first section to start. Then, two weeks later, we'll plant in the second section. By this time, the first section is already growing at a steady click. Two weeks later, we'll plant the third section. Now, the entire bed is planted, but all three sections are growing at different stages. When it's time to harvest the first section, you can likely pick off of those plants steadily for about two weeks or so. Once they've been exhausted, the next section of lettuce is ready to harvest. Now, depending on the length of your spring, or how long your cool weather lasts, and how much you love lettuce, you can either pull that first crop up and plant again, or just let it go to seed while you continue to harvest off the second and then the third sections you'll have gotten six full weeks of harvest or longer off of those plantings without being overrun by lettuce and without a break in your salads. 
Once the weather is no longer conducive to growing lettuce, you can plant a summer crop like buckwheat as a placeholder and then start succession plantings all over again in the late summer for a fall lettuce crop to take you all the way through to the first frost. This concept works really well for crops that do well in the cooler weather of spring and fall, but don't fare well in the heat of the summer. Succession planting can be done like this to get several crops of just about anything. Some common ones are lettuce, bok choy, beets, carrots, radishes, baby spinach, anything that you may want to have continuously, but that wouldn't hold well in the garden waiting to be picked as needed. Another good candidate for succession planting is green beans. Planting smaller crops of beans every two weeks means you won't be overrun with beans all at once, particularly useful if you're not going to be preserving any of them. You can plant green beans every few weeks pretty much all season long, with the exception of the hottest part of the summer. In this way, you'll have fresh beans to eat each week, and then you can plan one large crop in the fall garden for whatever you want to put up for the winter. You can do the same thing with sweet corn. Now, most times, farmers will plant different varieties of sweet corn that mature at different times, and they plant them pretty much all at once. But if you have a favorite variety and you don't need 50 ears of corn all at once, you can wait about four weeks between planting and have a continuous harvest of corn to go with those green beans all season. Succession planting doesn't have to be in just two to four week intervals. Like I said, this can be done with crops that may be months apart. Many people plant fall potatoes. It's not something I've done here, but milder climates have some pretty good success with this. Typically, you plant potatoes in the early spring and harvest sometime in early summer. You can then replant some of those potatoes you harvested right back in the same plot or containers and grow another crop for fall. There will be a few months between these plantings, but it's still a succession crop. Succession planting also works for crops that may experience heavy pest pressure. Some examples of this are zucchini and cucumbers. We have such pressure from squash vine borers, squash bugs, and cucumber beetles that we often plant three or even four successions of these. Now, in the home garden, you may not need to plant as early as we do, and that can save you a little bit of grief by avoiding some of the earliest pests. But if you find that no matter when you plant, you seem to be facing pest pressure, then what I do is plant the initial crop as started seedlings. This gives them a jump on the weeds and the pests, and it gives you the possibility of at least a small harvest before the bugs really do them in. Now, at the same time I'm planting those seedlings, I will plant the next succession as seeds straight in the ground. So once that second crop has come up and it's flowering and getting ready to produce, that first round is usually done for. And that's when I plant a third round straight from seed again. Sometimes this takes me right up to the first frost. Sometimes I need to plant another round somewhere in there, depending on how much pressure there is. I just planted our third round of zucchini, yellow squash, and cucumbers today. And we're in, what, the third week of July now? At the rate they'll mature, I should be harvesting from the end of September or so through the first frost. And I won't have skipped too many weeks with no harvest of those. 
With succession planting, you really can double down to ensure that you get a harvest. There's not much better than looking out first thing on a sunny morning, gazing at my garden beds over a hot cup of coffee. As U.S. Marines, my husband and I drank a lot of coffee. As farmers, well, let's just say we should probably drink more water. The coffee we drink these days still has a military tie. We have freshly roasted coffee shipped to us every few weeks from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle is a veteran-owned business, just like ours, but they serve up premium coffee and ship it around the world. When you join their coffee club, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on whatever schedule you choose. And with every purchase, they're giving back to military veterans and active duty, law enforcement, and first responders. Ready to check them out? Go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee to save 20% when you join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. No commitments. Cancel any time. That's justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee for 20% off your coffee club subscription. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, so now that we understand succession planting, let's talk about relay planting. In relay planting, you have one crop that's been planted and is already on its way to maturity. Then you take a second crop and you plant it amongst the first one. Typically, this is whatever crop is going to take the place of the first one when it's mature. So in this way, the second crop gets a little bit of a head start while the first one is still in the ground, maximizing the use of the space. This can be done with just about any crop combination so long as they don't compete with each other too much for nutrients. So for example, let's go back to our lettuce bed. Let's say I've got my three crops of head lettuces going in each section of that bed. Now, eventually, when the weather warms up, I'm going to pull those lettuces and I'm going to plant my tomatoes there. Once the weather conditions are right, I can just plop those tomato seedlings right in among my lettuce plants. Since the tomatoes are fairly small when they go in, they're not going to overshadow the lettuce enough to slow their growth. And since lettuce isn't really a heavy feeder, it's not going to take much away from the tomatoes in terms of nutrients. Once the lettuce matures and it's harvested, the tomatoes have plenty of space to continue to grow and they've gotten a head start rather than waiting to be planted until after the lettuce was already harvested. And it works the opposite way too. In the late summer when the weather is still warm, I can plant my lettuce seeds directly underneath those tomato plants. The soil will be warm enough to germinate those seeds, but the tomato plants will shade the lettuce sprouts to keep them from getting wilted in the summer heat. As the lettuce matures, the lower leaves of the tomato plants will be pruned to allow for some more room for the lettuce and allowing for more light to come in as the days cool off. I can be harvesting lettuce and tomatoes at the same time toward the late fall, and when the first frost is imminent, I can pull those tomato plants, cover the lettuce with some frost cloth, and continue to harvest until a hard freeze hits. All this in one bed, which saves space in other areas of the garden for other crops. This goes for just about any of the leafy green crops that like the cooler weather and any of the heat-loving 
summer crops. So think spinach to okra, or again, lettuce to tomatoes. You can get super creative with relay planting. Sometimes it works great, other times not so much, but there's nothing wrong with experimenting. You can have a bed of bok choy going in the spring and then plant squash seeds in the understory. The bok choy will insulate the little squash plants if it gets chilly, and by the time the squash are getting big enough to fend for themselves, the bok choy will be harvested. Another really good one is garlic and peppers. Garlic takes up space in the garden for quite a long time, but once it's harvested in early summer, that's a great place for a summer crop. Planting some pepper plants in between the rows of garlic won't impede on the garlic, and when the garlic gets harvested, the pepper plants can take off and have that space all to themselves. In our area, pepper plants go in the ground in early May, and then garlic is harvested mid-June, so it works perfectly. And if you really want to maximize that space, you can plant those leafy greens in the understory of the peppers in the late summer to transition back to a fall crop again. Relay planting works really well in containers too. Just keep the nutrient, sunlight, and space requirements of each plant in mind when you think about relay cropping, and you can really maximize the space in your garden beds and your containers. And finally, let's talk about interplanting. Now, this can also be referred to as intercropping or companion planting, although most people think of companion planting as being focused solely on the mutual benefits each plant provides. In any case, interplanting is another really great way to maximize space in the garden, and it has the added benefit of leaving less of the soil exposed, thereby reducing weeds and conserving water. So with interplanting, you're growing two crops right alongside each other for basically their entire life cycle. Sometimes these plants complement each other in terms of insect repelling properties or complementary feeding habits, and that's where we get the term companion planting. No matter what you call it, the idea is the same. Plant two crops together that have opposite nutrient requirements, that don't attract the same type of insect pests, that won't crowd or overshadow each other, or that take advantage of one's height and the other's low-growing habit. There are lots and lots of ways to do this. The three sisters method of growing is the classic version of this idea. The three sisters are corn, squash, and beans. The idea is to plant your corn and allow it to begin to grow and then plant a pole bean at the base of the corn and a winter squash in between the rows. The beans fix nitrogen into the soil that the corn uses to grow. The bean uses the corn as a trellis to climb and the squash vines across and covers the ground between the corn and the beans, choking out the weeds. Now that's some serious companion planting. You don't have to be that ambitious though. Try growing sweet peas up a trellis and planting spinach at the base. The spinach fills in the space at the bottom to choke out weeds, while the peas fix nitrogen into the soil to give the spinach big green leaves. Or think about planting shallow-rooted plants like radishes or lettuce in between deeper-rooted plants like tomatoes. Or Put tall plants, like tomatoes or corn, on the south side of a garden, if you're in the northern hemisphere, of course, and then plant a less heat-tolerant crop on the north side so it can take advantage of some afternoon shade. Pop some green onions in between your brassicas. Plant chard alongside your turnips. 
plant parsley or basil in your tomatoes or spinach alongside your strawberries. Interplanting can not only help you maximize space in the garden, but can also help combat weeds, better utilize moisture, and help repel insect pests too. Like I said, the main thing to keep in mind when interplanting is the nutrient requirements of each plant, its light requirements, and the amount of space it will take up when mature. If you can figure that out, then the sky's the limit. I hope this gives you a little bit of an idea of how you can really maximize the harvest coming out of your garden, no matter how much space you have. Don't be afraid to experiment with different ways to practice all three of these methods. And if it doesn't work out, just talk it up. And if it doesn't work out, just chalk it up to experience. But if it does work, you may see a bounty coming out of your garden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you have a fabulous weekend in the garden, and I will see you back here again next week for another Garden Talk Tuesday episode. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon. Did you know you can have a one-on-one virtual 30-minute garden consultation with me each and every month? That's right. I have space for five executive producers over on Patreon, and one of the perks at that level is for me to help you with all things gardening one-on-one every single month. Everything from garden planning to choosing the right plants, proper spacing, pruning techniques, disease and pest identification, fertilizing, harvesting, storage, and more. Whatever help you need throughout the year. Plus, you get additional monthly group Q&A sessions, exclusive video content, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. If you'd like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething or use the link in the show notes to find out how.